Welcome to the Doxology and Theology Podcast, presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right, I said the Doxology and Theology Podcast, a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good it has to be sung. I'm your host, Matthew Westerholm, Associate Professor of Church Music and Worship at Southern Seminary and the Executive Director of the Institute for Biblical Worship. Today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you a workshop by Dr. Greg Bruton. For almost 20 years, Dr. Bruton taught here at Southern Seminary before the Lord called him home in September of 2021. My goodness, we miss him dearly. In this workshop, Dr. Bruton is talking about Christ-centered rehearsals. Hello, it's good to be with you today at the Doxology and Theology Conference. Uh, my name is Greg Bruton, and I teach music and worship courses here at Southern Seminary and Morse College. I have also been a worship pastor for a number of years uh, prior to coming to Southern. I've been asked to talk today about the topic, Christ-centered rehearsals. When I think about the rehearsals we do each week for our worship teams, whether that be with our worship band or our worship choir, uh, I would, of course, want my rehearsals to be Christ-centered, as I'm sure you would, too, and that we all strive to do that. Uh, before giving some practical ideas about making rehearsals Christ-centered, uh, let's back up just a little bit and think about the overall task of a worship leader and how that impacts how we work with our teams. Many years ago, I started using this simple philosophy for worship ministry to guide me and doing the things that I do as, as a worship minister in my church. Uh, I don't think this uh, philosophy is original with me, but I don't actually remember where I got it. Um, I think every worship ministry should be carrying out these four main goals. First is to exalt. Second is to edify, equip, and evangelize. Exalt, edify, equip, evangelize. All of our ministries need to, first of all, to exalt God. He's the chief one uh, we aim to please and, and, to, and to exalt and to praise uh, in our ministries. Certainly a large part of our worship ministry is all about praise and adoration uh, in, in everything that we do. So exalting the Lord. Um, we also need to think about through worship ministry how we can equip, you know, how we can edify the body of Christ, how we can edify the body of Christ, which is the church. When you look at gatherings of Christians in Acts and the epistles, you see a great emphasis on edification. Uh, we as ministers need to be all about encouraging and building up the body of Christ from week to week as we plan and lead worship. So that's, that's exalt and equip. The third, the third goal of worship ministry, a philosophy of worship ministry is to equip. I think about Ephesians 4 verse 12 that reminds us that those called to leave the church are to equip the brothers and sisters in Christ to carry out the work of ministry. As worship ministers, we need to be always thinking of how we can equip others to carry out the work of, of worship ministry. To me, this means that worship ministers have a responsibility 
to disciple those in our worship ministries. The last main goal after exalt, edify, equip is evangelize. And so in this goal, we want to use evangelism to make sure that uh, the gospel is centered to what we're doing. We want, we want to be centered on the gospel so that we are, that we are making clear uh, how people who don't know Christ can come to know Christ. And what, what better way to do that than through worship ministry, through music? Uh, so there you have it. Quickly, this would have kind of been a whole full lecture normally when I was sharing this philosophy, but just really quickly today. So there you have it. Four main goals of worship ministry, exalt, edify, equip, and evangelize. When I think about Christ-centered rehearsals, I'm thinking a lot about equipping. Uh, I think about equipping, or another way to say it, I think about discipleship. What am I doing to help those that I lead to grow deeper in their walk with Christ? I think a great struggle that worship leaders have when our groups are gathered for rehearsal has to do with the constant pressure of preparing worship music for each Sunday. You only have so much time with your team each week, and all the music needs to be prepared and ready for Sunday. This is a 52-week thing every year, right? Every week. Uh, I call this pressure of getting this music ready for Sunday, I call this the tyranny of the urgent. Uh, because of this, we often feel that we all, always have no other time to do anything else, uh, much less to devote to spiritual matters in our rehearsals, just till we can get the music ready. Uh, but we've got to think differently than that. We, in order to have Christ-centered rehearsals, we've got to make sure that we are doing some discipleship, even with our worship team members in the midst of rehearsals. Let's, let's think for just a moment, how did Jesus disciple? What, what were some of the ways that he discipled people when he was here? Well, uh, first, he called specific people with which to work. He, he called particular people that, uh, that he knew that needed to come and be a part of, of what he was doing. Uh, we do the same thing in worship ministry. We, we uh, pray that the Lord will bring us people, and then we uh, have to vet people to see how they can do musically, how they are spiritually. And we call specific people with which to work. Secondly, Jesus uh, invested time daily and weekly. Uh, of course, these people, his disciples were with him you know, all the time for about three years. Um, we see both quantity time and quality time here. Uh, so investing time daily and weekly. Jesus taught while on the way using everyday occurrences to make his points. Uh, there, were, there were things that would be happening as they were going from one place to the next. And he would use that as a teachable moment. I think we even have these in our rehearsals sometimes where we can stop and, and, and bring attention to something that maybe the Lord just brought to our mind at just that moment. It's something we need to say to our, our worship team members that, that can help them in their walk with Christ. The fourth thing that Jesus did to disciple was that he taught while in the midst of life's challenges. Uh, there were many times where there were some difficult things that were going on. Uh, and Jesus used those to, to teach. Uh, this is the idea of teaching by example. He, he modeled what it was um, to be, a, to be a, a devoted follower of, of God. Uh, number five, he taught his disciples privately. He would pull them aside and work with them and teach them privately. Uh, and then six, Jesus taught for an extended period of time. Uh, over three years, he, he was working with his people. So it wasn't just for a week or six weeks or 
the fall, the spring. It was over three years. And then there's many other points we could get uh, from this. But my last point on how did Jesus disciple, uh, he washed his disciples' feet, showing great humility in his leadership. Jesus modeled for us servant leadership, uh, caring for his people, and, and, and showing great humility. So I think there are many applications we could pull from these, this list of how Jesus discipled people when we think about worship ministry. Uh, when, we think about, when we think about Christ-centered rehearsals, one of the first things I want to think about is the responsibility that we have as worship leaders to disciple our people. Um, we work with them week in and week out. So how, how do we go about this? So here are a few practical suggestions of some ways to have Christ-centered rehearsals and to use this as an idea of discipleship with our people. Now, I'm going to give you some ideas here that you, I'm sure many of you are already implementing. Uh, this is not rocket science. Okay, so uh, maybe I can help you some with this, but these are some things that maybe we all need to be called back to at times uh, in the midst of all of our uh, planning and rehearsals that we do at our churches from week to week. So uh, a few suggestions. Number one, I think the first stopping off point would be thinking about Christ-centered rehearsals would be to think about your song selection. Be intentional, intentional about worship music that you choose for your church. Uh, your, your worship team will long remember these song texts, even after your congregation, maybe not, they may not remember them as long as, as your worship team does. They work with them longer. They listen to the recordings. They work with the music. They, and many of them are singing. Uh, and it has a great impact on them. So one of the first stops for me, thinking about Christ-centered rehearsal, is choosing great songs for our, our people to, to be learning and to sharing. Here's a question for you. What kind of theological diet are you feeding your worship team and ultimately your church as well? Uh, we, we, we're giving them a theological diet through our song selection. And we want songs that have depth to them, great biblical principles, the gospel explained in different ways through the different songs. So I'm always looking for great songs uh, because I think that's one of the easiest ways to impact your worship team and your congregation uh, and to have Christ-centered rehearsals. Uh, number two, help your team see the rehearsal time as if it is, and it can be, and it should be, a worship time before the Lord. Help them to see the rehearsal time as their worship time. I know it's easy sometimes in rehearsals to get, um, to be very light, and I'm not saying you can't ever be light-hearted in a rehearsal, uh, but to see a rehearsal time also as their worship time. Uh, let your teams uh, rehearse, or re as they rehearse, to worship the Lord uh, through that rehearsal time. Uh, don't let it just be a rehearsal. Um, I often remind my worship team that what we're doing is, is, very, is, is a spiritual thing. Um, and we're talking about important, deep, theological, biblical principles when we're singing. Um, I often remind my worship teams that this is this is a time of worship and that we are handling holy things. We're handling holy things uh, and, and, and to not take some of these things lightly. Uh, the responsibility that we as a team have in leading our congregation. And I always see 
every person on the platform on a Sunday morning as being worship leaders, if they're part of the team, the worship team, whether it be instrumentalists or singers, uh, everyone. And we all have a responsibility. So to see our worship time, our rehearsal time as a worship time, to think about that. Number three, I would take time in, in your rehearsals to talk about a particular song. When's the last time uh, that you or I took a moment to say, hey, do you know what that phrase means in that song? Let's just unpack that just a minute, the, the impact of that, of that phrase and what it means um, and, and connect it to scripture. Uh, help your people understand the depth of the text that they're, that they're singing. Uh, and and a, a byproduct of that will be that they'll even be more expressive as they lead uh, their congregation on Sunday because they have a deeper understanding of what the lyrics are. So uh, un unpack the song text. And I, of course, I would not do more than maybe one song in a rehearsal. You just have so much time uh, per rehearsal. So you just want to kind of think methodically. I think tonight I'm going to focus on, on this particular song and, and talk about this for just, for just a moment. Uh, another thing you can do, number three, is to take time. Uh, uh, that's number three. Number four is to take time to read scripture and pray. And I tend to do this toward the end of rehearsal uh, to do that before we leave. But the, the danger of that is um, that you could spend all your time working musically on things and get to the time when there's no time left. And so you have a quick prayer and you're finished. And so um, you might want to think how you can time your rehearsal so that you have some time to open scripture, read something, unpack it briefly, and then pray with your team. Um, one way you might could do that is when you think about how many songs you have to rehearse in the evening at a rehearsal time is to, is to decide how much time you're going to spend on each song. And, and so if you start at 6.30 and you've got to be finished by 7.45, you have an hour and 15 minutes, is to go ahead and maybe just yourself do a rehearsal plan, half down where you should be, what time you should be at different places. So if you start at 6.30, so at 6.40, you need to be here. At 6, at 6, 6.50, you need to be at this point with this song. And so kind of the gauge, gauge your times. And invariably, something will throw that off, but at least you plan some, and you can, you can know ahead of time where you need to be. So that way, when you get to in the rehearsal or wherever you put your scripture reading and prayer time, you've, you've got time to do it. And when you think about it, uh, it's actually helpful uh, for your singers, especially vocalists, this is to take a break and not be singing solid for an hour and 15 minutes. And so give them, give them a rest break. And it's good for your instrumentalists as well. Uh, and so when you have the scripture and prayer time in the midst of your rehearsal, whether that be in the middle of rehearsal or at the end of rehearsal, uh, takes, uh, allow some time for people to share prayer requests. Um, and this, this is a, a, a good time for people to see what's going on in each other's lives, what family issues are happening or job issues or uh, whatever's going on with children. Um, and so you have a chance to find out what the needs are of your team. And, and all of you can be praying with, these, with each other about these things. So it, it, it builds your team um, and it helps you to draw closer together as you serve the Lord. Uh, now, if you're, in a, if you're in a choir rehearsal, it's, it's not as easy to take prayer requests like this. If you've just got maybe you know, seven to ten people in a worship band and vocalist rehearsal, that's possible. 
worship choir where you've got a, a number of other singers. Oftentimes what I'll do is I'll pass, pass around a clipboard and just have them write prayer requests as you're rehearsing. And then I'll take that and I will share some of those requests um, with the whole group at the end of the rehearsal as we pray together. Uh, I think that's very important. It also helps you as the worship leader to know how you can be ministering to your people uh, during the week. Uh, number five, start and end each rehearsal with prayer. I've already kind of mentioned that, but bathe your worship rehearsal, your, your rehearsal in prayer. Bathe your worship team in prayer. Uh, what what uh, What's more important than we, that we be praying that the Lord would guide our rehearsal or help prepare us as we lead others uh, in, in worship uh, on, on a Sunday morning. Start and end each rehearsal with prayer. Uh, number six, this is kind of a thing about Christ-centered rehearsals. Consider maybe having a, an overnight fall retreat or a spring retreat where you've got your worship team together. And you don't even have to go out of town. You can do this just at your church and, and plan a meal on a Friday night and then uh, some, a rehearsal or some other things you want to do on Friday evening and then come back together on Sunday morning, on Saturday morning with a breakfast and then spend some time together. And during this time, maybe you're working on new songs, you're learning new songs, or you're preparing for a special worship service that you're going to be doing, maybe a special worship night, or maybe it's Christmas or Easter or whatever emphasis is coming up. But you've got some special time to rehearse and to be working on new music. But it's also a time to maybe not be as intense as a normal Wednesday rehearsal might be, uh, where you've got some time to slow down a little bit. And, and maybe uh, have some time for fellowship and some, and some more extended time to, to open the Bible and just, just uh, share God's word with your people. Um, another idea for one of these uh, retreat type things is maybe if you have a good friend who's in the area, who's a worship leader uh, or someone that you think would be a good person to come in and speak to your people and give them some perspective on what they're doing, just to encourage them. Uh, encourage them and edify them and equip them. So consider that. Uh, and another thing you could do, uh, think about Christ-centered rehearsals, is to uh, consider having some fellowship times that are not, you know, where you're not engrossed in rehearsal. Um, maybe to plan uh, an evening where your, your worship team just gets together as a team with families husbands, wives, children, and you come together as a team and just spend an evening together building relationships uh, and speaking into each other's lives. Um, number eight, uh, one thing you could do during the week uh, to kind of stay in touch with your people is maybe, maybe prepare a weekly worship team email that you send out just to remind them of some things coming up but also maybe a short scripture and a scripture, a devotional thought and a prayer for them uh, to just kind of have some contact with them during the week. Uh, and maybe some better ways to even do that social media wise besides email, but that's just an idea. And then the, the last thing I, I would share with you at number nine, uh, this is kind of, uh, we some of us do this anyway, we just can't seem to get away from this, but as the worship leader, I would encourage you to come early and stay late. Uh, come early and stay late. In other words, get to your rehearsal uh, a number of uh, an hour before you need to be there. Get everything set up. Get all your music ready if it's not ready. 
already that you need charts that you need. Um, and, and when your people start arriving for the rehearsal, be finished with all the things that you need to be doing and just spend time saying, hello, it's great to see you tonight. How are you doing? Uh, and, and just spend some time just standing around talking uh, before the rehearsal starts. And then when the rehearsal is over to not be in a hurry, but to take some time and just um, spend, spend time with people as they're packing up their things and getting ready to leave. So come early, stay late. Uh, this is another way that you can have some impact on your people spiritually uh, and, and talk with people one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes you'll find out things individually that you won't hear in the group. And so uh, it's a chance for you to work through that. These are just a few, a few thoughts on Christ-centered rehearsals. I think this is just uh, one aspect, Christ-centered rehearsals is one aspect of the overall idea of discipleship with our worship teams. Uh, none of us really know how long we're going to be working with our worship teams. Uh, sometimes the Lord may choose to leave us in, in one church for many, many years. Uh, and you've got these years to invest in people's lives uh, through rehearsals and, and outside of rehearsals. And so a question for you might be is when you look back on those years, what will be the result of your investment with them? What will be the result of your spiritual investment with them over these years? Uh, will it be a worship ministry that is growing deeper in their walk of Christ? Uh, I sometimes think that, yes, I want my worship ministry to grow musically as well. I want them to grow musical excellence. And I want them to, I want to grow the team as far as size, where I've got some people that are rotating in and out. If I'm doing a worship choir, I want them to continue to grow numerically. Uh, and I want them to grow as a, in their singing uh, and their praise to the Lord. But I also want to make sure that they're growing in their walk with Christ. Uh, and that's why we talk about discipleship with our groups. Uh, one of the primary focuses that we have in training worship leaders here at Southern Seminary and Boyce College is to help our students understand that worship leaders should be all about equipping people. We're all about equipping. Uh, we have we have we even have a whole course here at Southern uh, that's on worship ministry as discipleship. Uh, the focus of worship ministry onto discipleship. Uh, so I I truly believe um, that the first place to begin this discipling aspect is by planning Christ-centered rehearsals. I hope that's helpful to you to the, for this uh, time together. And, um, and I'm sure you've got others that you could add to this, but it is certainly an important uh, topic that we make sure that we're investing in our people spiritually as we gather together to rehearse. Thank you. That is a hard place to stop, but if you would like to hear more resources, more podcast episodes, more workshops like this from Dr. Bruton, please go to our website, biblicalworship.com. Click around there. You can find all sorts of different resources that can bless you and your ministry, all available for free at biblicalworship.com. That's what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology podcast. Our show is produced by the lanky Evan Jarms, engineered by Caleb Sherwood, and the music is by our good friend, Joel Nagus. Until next time, this is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. Peace be with you.